Well, it's good to have you back with us. Another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. Rick Ballou, Hayes, Carline. Very busy time of year. Sure, one game remaining, but free agency ahead of us. The NFL draft is uh, 85 days away. And Hayes, want to thank our sponsor and also recognize the GOAT, who apparently has officially announced his retirement. Of course, he did so a year ago, came back 40 days later. But it feels like this could be it now for Tom Brady. He made that annoying, uh, made that announcement earlier this morning. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I was shocked by it. Do want to thank Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, my good buddy John Spicklemeyer. I'll take care of you for all your car insurance needs. Give him a call at 471-7155. Again, make sure you're not paying too much for car insurance. It's something we all have to have, and it can get away from you. If you haven't checked on your policy in a number of years, uh, you really owe it to yourself to have John look at your policy. Make sure he can, uh, you know, make sure you have the right policy. See if he can save you some money. So uh, give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call. 471-7155 Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Yeah, Rick, I I thought that Tom Brady, I thought it was almost a lock he'd return. Uh, he finished third in, in passing yards this year. Tampa didn't have the season that they wanted, but I thought that was more the offensive line was beat up. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was circumstances uh, that, that weren't really uh, at fault in terms of, of, of Brady's uh, culpability in it. And so I, I mean, I thought he was going to leave as a free agent, go to San Francisco, play one year for his his childhood dream team, and uh, you know play with guys like McCaffrey and Samuel and Kittle and you know the the great trenches that San Francisco has and the great defense and I mean you you couldn't ask for a better ring chase opportunity than to go quarterback the 49ers. Um, that's that's really what they're missing. You add Tom Brady to that, and I think they become the Super Bowl favorite. I'm still curious. He's so maniacal when it comes to football that I, I still will need to – we will need to be 50 days removed from today before I will kind of fully believe that he's done. And even then, I'm not sure that if we get into the middle of August and – Trade, you know, there's an injury to a, a team that Tom views as a as a team he can win a title with. If he doesn't come back, he just he loves it so much, and I don't see his skill set declining like you would expect at his age. So uh, I'm I'm very curious to see where this goes, but I'm not willing to put the nail in the coffin on Tom Brady's career. Yeah, I I, uh, I I'm struggling with this because you know, fool us once, fine, fool us a second time, you know, get out of here. He retired a year ago and he came back. He lost his wife, a divorce there. And, you know, I was under the impression, obviously not knowing. And, and to Brady's credit, you know, he does weekly podcasts and what have you. He's always kept this basically to himself or the, or, or the very inner circle. But, I mean, after the divorce, I was like, you know, now he's got it all in front of him. He's still got a year left, maybe two, still playing at a very high level. Why would he get out now? So that part of it um, is a little bit scary to me. You know, the other side is, yeah, you nailed it. He probably could have picked his team. There were opportunities for him to go elsewhere, uh, including back to, you know, right near where he was born in in Northern California. You know, now the injury to Brock Purdy, uh, they went through four different quarterbacks a year ago. It could have been a one-year fix for Brady there. Uh, so that surprised me. And, you know, the flip side is he signs a 10-year, $375 million deal. 
with uh, you know with Fox to to now be an analyst? Does he does he want to take on that role as early as this year in 2023? And you know, is when he's broadcasting games, is he going to be going crazy up in that booth, wondering you know I still have what it takes to go down there and play? I, I was looking at some numbers a little bit earlier today. The Jaguars, of course, came into the league in 1995. Brady was drafted in 2000, didn't play until 2001. Brady has 102,000 uh, uh, 102, yards uh, plus if you look at regular season in, in the playoffs. The Jaguars have 97,000 That's amazing. Plus. So you, if you just kind of put that into perspective, and, and obviously Brady has had more attempts because he, he had 48 playoff games where he was 35-13. and 13. He won seven Super Bowls. You know, I, for one, will tell you I'm disappointed. Obviously, born and raised in Boston, I always had a little something there for the New England Patriots. But to me, this is really the end of a dying breed. We we see way too many guys hang on too long, but Brady became really the exception at the age of 45, still playing at a top level. I thought he had at least one more year in him. And uh, he walks away now as the, you know, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah. And I guess if there's, if there's any silver lining here for the Jaguars, I think it's this, obviously they're set with Trevor Lawrence, but there is a lot of quarterback uncertainty around them. Um, I don't think, you know, Tom Brady would have picked the Titans. Uh, I don't think it can be completely discounted. I think he would have gone to the 49ers or, or the Raiders, and and the Raiders somewhat, you know, could affect the Jaguars. They don't play them next year, but certainly, uh, you know, from the standpoint of of vying, uh, you know, for a, a seed or something like that. Uh, but that's very ancillary. I mean, I, I think the the biggest thing is this takes a domino out of the picture where the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans all have significant quarterback questions, in my opinion. Maybe Tennessee sticks with Tannehill. I, I just would be shocked by that. Uh, but but perhaps, you know, they're not going to pin a lot of it on on him. Uh, but boy, it seems like if they could have upgraded to a Brady, obviously Aaron Rodgers could still be a factor. But now if Aaron Rodgers ends up getting traded, you've got, I think, better spots than Tennessee. If, if there were two, if it was Brady and Rodgers moving, then maybe that pushes one of them perhaps to Nashville, uh, I think it gets, uh, I think, I think it'd be shock shocking if, uh, if the Titans found a huge upgrade over Tannehill now, I mean, if they signed Garoppolo or Carr or somebody like that, I, that's not going to, I think, send earthquakes, uh, through the AFC South and, and the Colts and Texans will probably handle their business in the draft, but still, uh, it, I think it does help the Jaguars when you're set at quarterback, anything that affects the supply and demand of the quarterback market and affects it in a negative where there's there's uh, less supply, particularly at a at a high quality level, that can only benefit the Jaguars. Yeah, you know I love uh, I love diving into the quarterback scenario, and I've read a lot about it so far during the off season. I mean, you could have as many as nineteen of thirty two teams begin this season with a different quarterback. I mean, think about that yeah. for one moment. It is absolutely staggering. And you look at the South, you know, the four teams in the AFC South, and now the four teams in the NFC South, where presently the only quarterback on the contract in Tampa is Kyle Trask, uh, two incredibly weak divisions at quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, that's phenomenal news. Hayes, I also think, you know, this is really at the end, along with Matt Ryan, 
and we'll find out about him. But, uh, you know, does he want to be a backup somewhere? If not, he's probably going to ride off into the sunset as well. This is really the changing of the guard with the game that we are now witnessing that has dual-threat quarterbacks, or at least QBs, who are fleet of foot. The the whole drop-back quarterback era is over. Both Mannings are gone. Roethlisberger's gone. Breeze is gone. You add Brady uh, now to that list. You know, that leaves what? Matt Stafford, Derek Carr. Cousins. Not a lot left. You look at all the new guys that are coming in, they can all run. All of these first-round picks, they they can run. So, you know, everything changes in life, and, and, and we've seen it throughout the history of the NFL. But Trevor Lawrence can run, okay? He doesn't always, um, you know, always carry the football, but he has incredible escapability. We've gone through this process where we have seen all of these drop-back quarterbacks who relied on a quick release, a good offensive line, and getting the ball to their playmakers – that part of the NFL, for the most part, without any you know scrambling ability, is basically behind us. Yeah, and certainly in this coming draft class, that's not going to change. the The top four guys are all mobile guys, and you know, Young, Stroud, Levis, and Richardson. So, I uh, you know, it's it 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 does seem like, and and I guess that's just become that with the the spread offense. I think you know coming sort of from the high school level up uh, over the last 20 years, you started to put, you know, great athletes at quarterback and or at least sort of demand that that player had to be, you know, to borrow a phrase from Dan Mullen, a willing runner. And it seems like that's sort of where the game is, has absolutely gone at the NFL level as well. And it makes sense. Uh, you can't pound these guys. You can't drive them into the ground. Uh, they're very protected in the pocket. And, you know, most of these guys have been running long enough to know when to take a hit and when not to take contact. So uh, they do a pretty good job of of avoiding uh, unnecessary contact. And I tell you, that NFC South, and by the way, the Jaguars play the NFC South next year. So this is crucial uh, in terms of fighting for seeding. Uh, they play that division. So, I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about if you're the Jaguars, you might be facing, I mean, at, at this point today... You'd be facing, to your point, Kyle Trask in Tampa. Well, that's a win. I, uh, I guess Sam Darnold in Carolina. They won't beat him, <laughs> but but that's who would start a game today for the Panthers. Uh, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, who I think is at best average, and uh, and then you've got the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston battle in New Orleans. So. With uh, Jake Luton. Don't forget yeah, about Jake that's right. great Jake Luton. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah so uh, it, it will really be interesting to see. And the, and the problem that that division is in is it is not as well positioned in the draft as the AFC South is. So I, I'm not a big fan of this quarterback crop anyway, uh, but if you're Indianapolis or you're Houston, you're at least saying, well, we're going to be able to draft our guy. I don't know that you can really say that in the NFC South. I mean, the Panthers ended up having a, a decent – year the the Saints don't have their pick I mean I guess they're getting now Denver's pick through Miami but that's a pretty late pick uh you're certainly not going to be looking at a top four quarterback and uh you know and and it doesn't seem like Atlanta or uh um and certainly Tampa I mean none of those guys are going to have high picks so you're either going to have to mortgage a lot to move up or you're going to be left trying to fill it through a you know I would say a, a pretty weak 
free agent class because, look, Lamar Jackson's not getting out of Baltimore. He's going to be tagged. Uh, I mean, so if like your if your shining knight is like Geno Smith getting out of Seattle, then you've got problems. I have the Jaguars going ten and zero against uh, the AFC South twice, and then you add the NFC South. That's ten and zero for me. But I like it. Then again, I'll uh, then again I'll be honest. Last year at this time, I was saying they'll go zero and four against the AFC West, and they'll go hopefully two and two against the NFC East, and and we saw how all of that did turn out. You know, next week will be fun because I think we need to look at the Hall of Fame. It's a great class coming up. Also, unfortunately, I think we have to look at some officiating uh, scenarios that need to get changed for the better. Uh, But let's let's spend a minute here on the Jaguars, and I'm going to put you on the spot. And and the reason why is this. Last year at this time – Granted, Doug Peterson, you know, was finally hired right around this time. It might have even been a few days after. Um, and, you know, Trent Bulky, we were getting a better understanding uh, about how he would run things. But I was absolutely surprised that they traded Miles Jack. I mean, you look at last year's roster, and if you were to rank them one through, you know, 53, myself personally, I would have had Miles Jack and James Robinson if not in the top five, certainly in the top six, seven, or eight. And Jack was traded. So the Jags are over the cap. We know that Trent Bulky has said cash is more important than the cap. They're going to restructure some deals. They're going to say goodbye to some players, including Shaq Griffin. But if there is a surprise move on this roster, much like Miles Jack of a year ago, who do you believe that guy is? I would think if there's a surprise cut, it's going to be Roy Robertson Harris, um, who I, I think played well, and I think it would be nice to have him back. Uh, but they do save $7.8 million by releasing him, uh, and the dead money isn't substantial. So, uh, you know, that would be one where, you know, if, if, if particularly if they're planning on moving Trayvon Walker up, which I think at this point is, is a legitimate. Uh, conversation piece uh, in the building. I think if you're going to move Trayvon Walker, then it just doesn't make sense to pay Robertson Harris that amount of money. Um, so they, I, they don't have to do it. Uh, they can restructure and and create the space that they need to to aggressively go after Ingram, Taylor, and Key. But if you were going to ask me for a, a, a cut that I think most people would be fairly surprised at, considering how well he played. I would say Robertson Harris. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go Jamal Agnew. Um, you know, I love the kid. I, I really do. But, man, his price tag this year of over $5 million, uh, you could say goodbye to him. And I, I don't have the figures in front of me, but I want to say the cap figure is like a million three, million four of dead money. And then you recoup about $4 million. So, you know, there's a chance that, that that could happen, although I would try to do everything that I could uh, to, to keep him around for another season. You know, we talk about the Roy Robertson Harris's and the Rayshon Jenkins and, and Shaq Griffin. I mean, those are the three that make sense. Will they, you know, perhaps restructure with, uh, with, with Harris and with Jenkins? We'll find out. You know what else I'm really interested in, Hayes? That's the bottom of the roster. It's something that we overlook. It's something that we don't talk about all that much on our shows. But you know, let's look at Daniel Thomas and Chris Claybrooks, okay? There are two guys right there, final years of their contract. 
I was looking at it the other day. You can cut Chris Claybrooks. It's going to cost you twenty-five grand in dead money. You can cut Daniel Thomas. It's going to cost you eighty grand in dead money. Yet you're pulling back combined over two million dollars. I guess you'd lose a hundred grand with that dead money. So you're bringing back one point nine. So when you're talking about the bottom of the roster, and these are very good contributors on special teams. Do you go out and get a rookie or a second-year guy who you can pay half that amount, but he doesn't have the experience, he doesn't have the knowledge, but it still saves you with, an, with another million dollars to use elsewhere for another player? Again, I know this isn't a barroom conversation, but for guys like you and I who think about this all the time, that's very intriguing to me. What do you do at the very bottom of the roster trying – even if you're picking up 500 grand a player, is it worth going in that direction or do you stay with the experience? Well, and, and to add to that, Rick, because I think it's, it's an excellent point on both Thomas and Claybrooks, you know, Shaq Quarterman's in the same boat as well. Now, he made arguably the play of the year uh, on the hit right. on Henry. Uh, so certainly uh, he showed in very, very limited defensive snaps that he can, he can make an impact. Uh, more, certainly more of a, of a special teams player. But he's in that same boat where they can save a million dollars by cutting Shaq Quarterman, which uh, I hope they don't do. um, But they have to look at it because his production, most GMs are going to look at the production of Quarterman, Thomas and Clay Brooks and say, look, we've got I think the Jaguars have what four picks in the in the last three rounds of this coming draft. It may even be more. Um, But uh, but they've got a lot of picks in the in the middle to, to later rounds of this draft. You know, it's certainly something that I think that you have to look at uh, in in terms of that. So I think they can restructure enough to where they're not gonna if they're not gonna have to make any moves that they don't want to make. But I do think that you know, for guys like Clay Brooks and Thomas, uh, they're absolutely gonna be uh, some some in depth conversations about where to whether to keep them because most GMs would say. We can get this kind of production, we feel like, by taking a, a rookie in the sixth round who will come in with a first-year cap number at, like, what, 450 grand, you know, something like that. Uh, so, yes, that if they're really looking to cut a couple million, three million off, they could look at Clay Brooks, Thomas, and Quarterman as guys that they could, uh, you know, certainly do that with. We're going to spend a lot of time here in the offseason talking about, you know, managing this salary cap, also being aware of, uh, the Trevor Lawrence deal that could be on the table next March, you know, a year from March, and certainly we'll uh, gauge the market with Burrow and with, um, you know, Hertz and uh, with with, uh, with Herbert uh, to find out what those three end up making. So it is going to be fascinating. You know, I'd love to ask you for a Pro Bowl uh, pick, but those knuckleheads <laughs> canceled the game on us. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend. I like uh, Trevor's hey, next- team. Yeah, yeah. You like Trevor's team over Huntley's team? I, I do. On the same I'll, team. I'll go yeah. out on a limb. Yeah. Uh, next week's going to be a blast because we'll have the Super Bowl. We'll have more info on the Jags. And, and again, I, I, I want to pick your brain on your five selections uh, for the Hall of Fame. It, it, to me, this is one of the most difficult Hall of Fame ballots I have ever seen. You, you really can't go wrong. So uh, we'll dive into that next week. Uh, you can always get a hold of me by uh, hitting me up on Twitter. That is Baloo1010X 
L. How about you, Hayes? Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, reach out to me at Hayes Carlion, and we want to thank Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, our good buddy John Spicklemeyer. Uh, so great with car insurance. I've known John since we were at high school. Uh, he was a great football player, Times Union Player of the Year. Uh, ended up playing for Notre Dame uh, when Lou Holtz was the coach there. Uh, just an unbelievable guy, and uh, he handles my car insurance. I can't recommend him more. Uh, give him a call, 471-7155. Uh, again, just have him look at your policy. John's either going to say, yeah, I can save you some money, or no, you've got a really sound policy, and you don't need to do anything with this. So you've got nothing to lose. Uh, give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call. 471-7155 Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency and Rick yeah I can't wait to talk Super Bowl and all things Jags and you know maybe we'll even have a thought from the uh, Senior Bowl on maybe a couple guys that stood out to us yeah no question about it hey we're already into February don't blink because before you know it uh, the season will be back but what a lot of fun it's going to be this year uh, during these months getting ready because once again or I should say Finally, the Jaguars are back, and they're totally relevant. So it's going to be very interesting to monitor the decisions they make and the decisions they do not make. All right, as always, hit us up uh, with your commentary, your thoughts, and we will talk with you next week right here on Death, Taxes, and Duval. So when